Tech Leader Pro Podcast. It is week 52 of 2023, Sunday the 31st of December. You're very welcome. This week I want to do something a little bit different, considering that it's the last day of 2023. I want to do a bit of a wrap up of the year from my perspective, looking at technology, business and the economy. And just for fun, I'm also going to make some predictions for 2024, which are obviously going to be super accurate and totally reliable. (laughs) So let's get into it. So in terms of trends, the first one I want to talk about is the trend for online search to be pivoting from 10 blue links to AI chatbots. What we're seeing now is that people are being trained to interact with chatbots when they're searching online, rather than simply running a query and getting back lists of 10 blue links to click on. This is a bit of a paradigm shift to say the least. And I think that trend is something that is gathered a lot of momentum this year, surprising amount of fact. And it seems like people have largely just taken to it and they're kind of trusting the results that are coming back from the, the AI bots as well, which is which is interesting to see. I kind of thought there would have been some resistance to that um, trend, but I think I was wrong. And I think it will gather momentum going into next year. The second trend I'd like to talk about is that there has been no large-scale return to the office. That is something that's also surprised me. I've seen companies try to put pressure on employees to make a return to the office. Um, Certainly in my industry, which is software development, um, those employees have basically just dragged their feet, kicking and screaming all the way. They they don't want to do it. And they're just been resisting. And so far they've been successful in that resistance. And it's put leaders in organizations in the uncomfortable position of Do I force my team to return to the office uh, by issuing some kind of a mandate? Or do I just leave them as they are? Um, Because I'm worried that if I mandate them to come back to the office, they may simply quit and go to a different company instead. So certainly in my industry, which is software development, the employees have all the leverage. And so far, um, I don't see a big return to the office happening. I see hybrid at best you know, one or two days a week, maybe one or two days a month. But that's the extent of it. And I don't believe that trend is going to um, revert back to the original norm before the pandemic anytime soon. The third trend that piqued my interest this year was the fact that social media algorithms remain broken. Um, There's nothing new here. They've been broken for a very long time. And as a society, it's not like our, our greatest thought leaders are leading to trending lists on any social network that you choose. Instead, what you get is you get clickbait and you get rage bait. Um, and the algorithms have never been able to cope with this. So you've got the, unfortunately, you've got the, the turds floating to the top and the tinkers at the bottom. Uh, but what's been new is the introduction to AI into a lot of these algorithms. Um, it hasn't made it better. In many ways, it's probably made it worse. Um, because I think that AI thought that this was going to be some kind of a silver bullet for, for fixing these broken algorithms and they 
remain largely broken, in my opinion. Certainly from the you know, from the end user perspective, um, using systems that I use, um, I don't see any improvement at all. The fourth trend um, that I've been thinking about this year is the fact that the political left are rejecting technology. Initially, I thought it was young people who were rejecting technology, you know, the, the 20 somethings out there who are just starting out in their careers, or maybe they're just finishing up in university. I've seen a lot of them, uh, both interpersonally and also online. Um, criticizing technology, criticizing technology leaders. And initially I thought it's such a generational thing. It's, you know, young people rebelling, nothing new there. Um, but then I started to realize that most of those young people were actually already on the political left. And it's not the fact that it, their age is a factor. It's the um, political leanings they have towards socialism, a rejection of capitalism. And they see wealthy technologists you know wealthy um, tech billionaires has been everything that they despise in terms of capitalism and they're not only rejecting you know um the the capitalism side of things but they're rejecting the the, the fruits of those uh, capitalist efforts as well um it's been an interesting trend to observe i think now the political left uh, certainly here in europe is the the dominant um political uh mainstay um, and it may remain that way for, for many more years to come. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But certainly what I'm seeing right now is, for the first time in my life, a lot of young people are not excited about technology anymore. Um, they're actually rejecting it. Most interesting to me has been even, you know, some of the young engineers that I myself have been interviewing and hiring during the year um, are also on the political left and working in an industry that, at the same time, they dislike and they feel uncomfortable with. So it's been very strange trend to follow. Um, and I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. I don't know where this is going to lead us, but uh, certainly you don't want to watch out for it next year. And then finally, the fifth trend from 2023 that I want to talk to you about is the fact that our online confirmation bias is more deeply embedded than ever. A little bit about this is going back to what I mentioned previously about the, the algorithms and how they reward rage bait. Um, and how AI hasn't fixed that. I think um, if you want to be in a bubble online, if you want to suffer from groupthink, you want to be in an echo chamber, the algorithms are more than happy to help. Um, you won't get stuff in your feed being suggested to you that is, you know, opposed to your opinion. You'll get stuff that's reassuring your opinion and reaffirming your opinion and confirming your bias. And I think we also from this, all of us have bias, bias is natural. Um, how we defeat bias, even in ourselves as individuals, is we confront it and we challenge ourselves to look at things differently. And we try to consume opinions that we disagree with. We try to follow people online that we disagree with. We try to read articles and books on topics that we disagree with. And we actively try to change our minds. Um, but this is a lonely, this is a lonely endeavor in 2023 um where every single news outlet and every single social media bubble that you exist within is heavily biased i just see that level of biasness um increasing and i don't see it being challenged at all which is um which is disappointing but that's the way i feel at the end of 2023 so what does all this mean for next year i think uh, many of these trends are going to continue in the next year um i have a few other ones to add to the mix so let's 
switch to 2024 predictions. The first prediction I will make is that the EAC versus D-cell uh, debate will become more vocal. Um, so for those of you who don't know, who aren't living in the tech bubble that I live within, EAC stands for Effective Accelerationism, <laughs> which is a bit of a mouthful. Um, but effectively what we're talking about here, guys, is technologists who want to accelerate technology and they want to accelerate improvements in society and in the economy and in longevity and in health and in all of those good things via technology. So these are the folks who are all in on technology and I would be quite um, open to admitting that I would be part of the same mindset. Um, obviously I'm a technologist so I believe in technology. Uh, meanwhile decel is the decelerators. Um, these are the people who want to pump the brake. They want to slow down the amount of acceleration that we've got. These are the folks who are expressing concerns about AI. They're expressing concerns about the environment, the impact of technology on the environment, etc. So you've got one side that wants to pump the accelerator and one side that wants to pump the brake. And I think that is going to get, that debate is going to get a lot more vocal next year. And I, for one, I'm happy to play my part. The second prediction that I'd like to make in 2024 is that I believe nuclear power will make a comeback. I already uh, was interested to see that in some of the discussions, the politicians were agreeing that uh, nuclear was indeed uh, carbon neutral. And I believe if they're going to keep on pushing on uh, net zero, um, the only way they're going to achieve that while sustaining economic growth is, um, is with nuclear. I don't think the renewables are going to be sufficient. And I think the natural gas situation at the moment with the ongoing war in Eastern Europe is, you know, it's a mess. So there's not enough natural gas. It's super expensive. Uh, people are buying liquefied natural gas. It's obviously expensive to transport. It's expensive to consume. It requires dedicated infrastructure to consume. Um, it's a lot harder than simply just getting it piped from Russia. So electricity is becoming very expensive all across Europe. And I don't see that trend improving in 2024 unless we follow the example of France and we go all in on nuclear. And if you look at the average bills in France versus the rest of Europe, you'll, you'll clearly see why that that is the answer. I think other people will start to come to the same conclusion very, very soon. Thirdly, I think the mainstream media will be gamed by generative AI. Um, I've already spoken about this before. There's been examples uh, in my home country of Ireland where national newspapers have published articles on their um, opinion sections on their websites that were generated by, by ChatGPT. And they had um, profile pictures of fake journalists generated by Midjourney. Um, I think we're going to see more and more cases of this where the, the deep fakes of politicians making statements that are fake are going, to, are going to become viral. Uh, people aren't going to be sure whether it's real or not. The technology is getting so much better. And I think this is obviously terrifying the politicians, uh, which will lead to my next point. Um, but I think um, that, you know, we're going to see more, more of this happening before um, they get a grip on it. And um, it's uh, for some, from someone from my perspective who is apolitical, um, I find it deeply amusing, <laughs> to be frank. Um, so, you know, I'm quite happy with, um, with, uh, our AI friends to be, um, you know, <laughs> causing, uh, it's causing some confusion. 
because uh, in all honesty, um, it's it's fun, um, and I don't think people should be freaking out about it. But people are freaking out about it, and they're going to bring in regulations to try to kill it. Which brings me on to point four: the EU will continue to regulate tech. Um, as I mentioned before, um, there is a lot of people on the left who don't like tech. And the majority of the European Parliament and the European Commission is made up by politicians from the left. So they have their hands on the levers in terms of regulations. You can see them already bringing in regulations for AI, for example. And they're just going to keep on doing this as long as they can. I think the only thing that's going to address that is when the, the makeup of those parliaments starts to swing back towards the center. Um, but at the moment, it's it's pretty far left. And um, they're socialists. They don't like capitalism. They don't like Silicon Valley Americans who are, you know, billionaires controlling the platforms that they're running their politics on. They don't like it. And they want to regulate it. And they're going to keep on taking punitive action against Silicon Valley firms as long as they can. And I don't see that changing in 2024. In fact, I see more of it happening. Which leads me neatly on to point five. Uh, free speech restrictions will drive more people to VPNs and anonymous services. Now, anybody who's listening to this podcast is probably a technologist, so they know what a VPN is. What I'm talking about here is I'm talking about the man and woman in the street starting to download and install VPNs for the first time and starting to see this happening in Western Europe. This is kind of wild to me. I would have never expected to see this trend happening, um, but I can already see it happening. And it's not just to access Netflix. You're going to see people with anonymous accounts using anonymous services, using VPNs to state their opinion on things online because they're going to become afraid to state what they really think online using their real persona, because they're going to be worried they're going to be cancelled, they're going to be worried there's going to be some legal repercussions, they're going to be worried that they're going to lose their jobs. So it's having a chilling effect, um, these legislations that are coming in on, on you know hate, spe- hate speech and so forth, um, it's going to have a chilling effect on online dialogue, and rather than people, you know, um, associating an opinion to their real persona in, in the real world. They're going to associate those opinions with anonymous personas. Um, it's not going to stop. It's just simply going to go underground. And you're going to see more and more people um, learning about VPNs and downloading and installing VPNs. So I think if I was to make one investment tip in this list, it would be um, invest in VPN companies in 2024 because I think they're going to have a boon next year in terms of the amount of licenses that they're going to sell. So that's it, guys. Um, These are my um, trends that I've been following in 2023, and these are my 2024 predictions. Um, Please take all of this with a pinch of salt. It's not meant to be, you know, (laughs) it's not meant to be taken too seriously. It's just a bit of fun. Um, Apart from that, what else have I been doing this week? Um, I've been using some downtime to design my own web indexer to replace Apache Nudge. Um, I've got to about 3 million pages indexed on grepper.org, my um, online search engine. But the index rate has slowed down dramatically. As the index is getting bigger, um, Nudge is getting slower at actually um, adding stuff to the index. So it, I was expecting the index to be a lot bigger by now. 
So what I'm going to do now instead is I'm actually going to design my own web indexer and I'm going to code it myself and I'm going to add it into my alpha framework, which is a open source framework um, for PHP you can find on GitHub. And this is obviously going to be a big project. It's going to take me a few months um, to complete next year, um, but I think it will be fun. And I'll keep on talking about it here and I'll keep on posting about it on my blog, techleader.pro. Um, in terms of media, I'm also enjoying this week. I'm still reading Shift by Hugh Howey, which is the second part of the, his Silo trilogy. Um, that's really great. Strong recommendation. I've also started um, issue two of Aegean, Science Fiction Illustrated. Aegean is a um, science fiction anthology uh, published quarterly. It's really, really fun. I definitely recommend that as well. If you like classic pulp science fiction, you're going to love Aegean, so definitely check it out. And then I've been spending a lot of time playing Cyberpunk 2077. It's the best RPG I've played probably ever at this stage. Really shot up in my opinion since all the improvements that they made with version 2.1 now. Also the, um, the new extension Phantom Liberty, which is great. It's a lot of fun. It is just, I'm, I'm lost in there. I put 30 or 40 hours in already. And I I haven't even started the game. It's <laughs> I've still got so much more to do. So definitely check out that game. It's amazing. Okay, guys. So I will leave it there. I will speak to you next week. And all I will do is wish you a happy new year. Take care. Bye-bye.